Welcome to Wisdom Personified, Conversations with Dudum Somi, a passionate and relentless pursuit of exploring how individuals use good judgment in everyday life, both in their personal and professional lives. Welcome to another episode of Wisdom Personified, Conversations with Dudum Somi. I am um, exploding today. <laughs> You know, I use excited quite a lot, so I'm trying not to do that anymore. Uh, I'm so happy to be talking to an amazing human being, really totally amazing. Her name is Nom Sokana. She's the CEO of Sun and Shield 84 Tech, uh, one of the brains of our country. Nomso, how are you? I'm well, Didu. How are you? I am so good, my friend. Thank you so much for making the time. So let's chat first about childhood. You know, it's the favorite place for me to start. Uh, what was your upbringing like? Um, what are your treasured memories? I mean, how did you spend your time? Uh, did you, uh, I, I, I'm sure, uh, you know, with friends, you might have picked up. I was a bit of a naughty child. That naughtiness is still there. <laughs> and, <laughs> and quite very playful. Um, and, and as a last one at home, um, you know, I could get away with lots of things. And I'm a daddy's girl. And and it was such um, great childhood and upbringing. Uh, my parents were both teachers. And in that, I, I sort of had the privilege, you know, of, of, of being recognized that I have a high aptitude in medicine science and my parents harnessed that. But I had such a, a great childhood. Um, my, my siblings and I are very close. Um, I didn't do much chores at home. Uh, Hence, whenever okay. we have dinner, you have to wash the dishes. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I had such a great childhood and, and with a very wonderful family. That's great. Your, your face is glowing as you talk about them. What do you think of wisdom? What does wisdom mean to you as opposed to intelligence? Look, um, that's such an amazing um, question and, and really not trying to be philosophical. I really think wisdom is, is, is really the core of, of um, humility. It's knowing what to do when you don't know what to do, um, but you apply humility in that. And, and, and wisdom, if we bring it into our you know, local um, words and terminology, I would say it also sprouts out from, from Ubuntu, because it, it's a place where you just have to act wise, but just not for yourself, but for your surrounding only also. And, 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 and as opposed to intelligence, I mean, intelligence, you just apply um, your, your intellectualism and you're just able to crack down complex structures and find that precise and, and core um, solution. So, and there's a lot of application in, in, in intellectualism, but in wisdom, you know, it's just who you are, your inner core, and, and also how you relate that with the environment. Hmm, interesting. I'm always fascinated about the different definitions I'm getting around wisdom. That's, that's quite yeah. enlightening. Um, how, what would you say makes you memorable? What is your UVP, your unique value proposition? I've been told quite um, by a lot of, a lot of people that 
I have the combination of, of um, being an intellect and, and also um, being creative at the same time. So I, I think it's, it's those two things that I carry um, around. And, and, and I think that um, that's my UVP. If, if anyone needs to light up a room with a joke, I'll be that person, I'll volunteer. I always <laughs> think that I, I could be a comedian at some point. <laughs> Still need to find time for that. Uh, but um, also if there's a contribution, whether in, 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 in the core sciences and in also applied sciences, I'm also there. And, and I believe that's my UVP and that's how I always apply myself also in my daily life. And I believe I get along with a lot of people because of that. Yeah, you are actually kind of not a normal scientist, I must say, having uh, interacted with you. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the one thing I didn't know about you was that you defeated cancer at the age of 23. I mean... Can you share with me how you felt and how you reacted when you were diagnosed? Um, and what has fueled your journey of survival? I was doing my first year um, in master's in chemistry at the University of Bits. Um, that was 2007. I was still 22 at that time. So I used to have this sharp pain. And I would think, oh, maybe it's because I had started swimming lessons and, and I'm just overdoing it. But I would have this sharp pain um, in, in my lower area. And, and I thought that, um, you know, it's, it's getting worse. Let me see a doctor. And, and I think that decision of really seeing a doctor and the doctor that I was with at that time, acting very fast to say, no, let's do a couple of tests. There's something I'm picking up. Um, so to me, it was just, oh, okay, maybe it's just some injury. I mean, I've been playing sports in, in my high school years and now I'm in varsity. And, and you know, it could be things that are just, um, you know, effects of those things. And after a few tests, um, then I discovered that I was on the first stage um, and I, my, my abdomen area was filled with cancerous cells and, and that had to be acted on very fast. So I remember calling my sister and telling her that, you know, please add me to your medical aid. This is happening. I just need to do this test. I need to do this operation. And, you know, I was just saying it in a very social, in a very light way. I need to do this test, need to do this operation, and I need to go through chemo. This will just take a year. But um, the, the, the second time I went for this test, then it had um, accelerated at a very high pace. I, I then had to immediately go for an operation. Um, and, and this came as a shock to my family. I remember, you know, the, the, the roles were quite reversed because I was comforting them because I'm sort of sick because they were quite um, depressed and, 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 and very unhappy about the situation. But to me, I reacted later on um, when the ladies, some of the ladies that um, I went through chemo with did not make it. In my group, we're about nine and I'm the only one who survived. Oh so whenever gosh. I thought of that, I was like, geez, this is hectic. Yeah, so it was quite, it, it, during that time, I mean, it's, it's really just, you're going, you're sick, go to the doctor, get your medicine. 
But later on, you're like, shucks, this thing really kills. But um, it's, I believe it's what, it's part of the ingredients of life, right? I'm so happy uh, you made it. Um, and that just shows your fighting spirit. But you have a quiet fighting spirit, so it's not, like, very obvious. Uh, but you are actually a nuclear scientist by trade, a field not yeah. that women, women are scarce in this, but men as well. What inspired you to get into this field? So I did not really make – it was not a first-choice decision. You know, the – the, the, the sequential events of my career are very funny. I started off as a medical biology scientist. And, and I remember we're going through the phase in two, before 2010. There was an outbreak of H1N1, and that was quickly curbed in the country. And we had a good World Cup without any outbreaks or pandemics and, and the likes. Um, so I was practicing then as a medical biology scientist. I then um, was uh, approached by the Nuclear Energy Corporation of South Africa in the radioisotope space because uh, someone saw a position that needed a, a scientist in that space. I then, um, you know, out of curiosity, I then said, oh, no, let's discuss, let's hear about this. Well, I had studied physics in my in my varsity years, so I, I sort of had the foundations and the fundamentals of nuclear technology and nuclear medicine. So I then went in, um, you know, with, with an open mind, curious mind to say, um, you know, let's, let's hear what are you guys doing here? And then I got to discover they do some of the amazing things. South Africa, you know, we, we might not be patting ourselves in the back, but we are number three in the world when it comes to production of radioisotopes that are used for chemotherapy um, mm -hmm. and cancer treatments. And so the lab that I was working in was basically in that purification, getting the product out, um, ensuring that there's quality assurance. And, and, and it was such an amazing time. So I, I got into nuclear out of curiosity and yes few men few ladies um but back in the day south africa used to have really a wider um database of nuclear scientists i mean we've done amazing things as the country so but people moved because you know it's quite a it's a niche um, very niche ecosystem, very niche knowledge, um, um, you know, discipline. But they are, they are, and but and and also they are those that still seek to be in that space. So hence, I speak about it most of the time to recruit more women and and males to into this space because there are huge possibilities and, and opportunities in it. Yeah, I mean that's so in inspirational, honestly. Um... But you're also an entrepreneur. You founded a broadband infrastructure solutions company, which is called Sun and Shield 84 Tech. What does the company do? The Sun and Shield 84 Tech, uh, basically we are a broadband infrastructure solutions company. 
we look at um, distributing passive and active equipment for the um, for the infrastructure part of broadband, installing cables, um, designing networks, um, you know, connecting the last mile to to the spare build, to the metro build. So meaning connecting, you know, those um, fiber highways to to metro areas, to cities, and designing such things, and and also you know bringing consultation and policy contribution towards connecting the unconnected because as you do that you actually get to see places and areas where people you know they, they there is a need for connectivity but they don't know it yet um, just like we did not know that um, we, we require electricity at some point in the in in the civilization of, of humanity but you know as soon as you bring such services to people then they get to discover that you know this is um, a utility that I could use for my own development um, so that's basically what we do so again I, I I sort of use my voice to to get people to connect to see the possibilities of connectivity on how it can transform their own lives and now they can have video calls with families in different cities and and that really requires fiber optic cables and and, and also other um, you know, fifth generation equipment that enables such. You're already talking fifth generation. I mean, you also a commissioner on the presidential 4IR commission. Uh, first of all, just tell some of us who don't know what 4IR is, but also on a personal level, how are you tackling this massive task of helping South Africa to be competitive amongst the emerging markets to attract investment and economic growth? Good question. So the 4IR Commission, I think that the president really conceptualized it at a very, in a timely space, um, you know, for IR, the buzzword started being popular since 2012 and out of the World Economic Forum meetings. Yeah. However, you know, for IR in its definition, it's really the fourth industrial revolution, an era of disruptive technologies merging together. Um, so when I mean disruptive technologies, we have, we have technologies that have been operating in silos. We have Internet of Things, we have um, artificial intelligence, we have within artificial intelligence, um, you have machine learning, you have deep learning, and, 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 and all those things right now in this era that we are in, they're just merging together. While they're merging together, they are needing now the physical. Um, so it could be um, environment, um, you know, non-living things, they're, they're merging, they're biological, um, you know, it's, it's us, it's animals, anything that is living. And they're also merging, um, you know, the digital. So this era really brings that time where technology now is, is merging with the, the human interface, the physical interface, and also um, the, the digital. And now it's going to change the way we live, change the way we operate, and also bring new industries. Um, 
So being in the commission, I mean, our main aim was two things. Make for IR work for the country. It must solve our socioeconomic uh, challenges. There are three dominant ones. Um, it's unemployment, it's poverty, it's inequality. And also make South Africa to be competitive economically. Um, you know, it's our country, and this is something we should be proud of. We are in such an opportune position in the continent. We have both the oceans linked to us. And we have these undersea international cables bringing volumes of, of international traffic, you know, wanting, begging to land on our shores, others have. And, and with that opportunity, it brings the country into a space where we can be a hyperscale data center. This is now we host data centers um, and, and those data centers are able to hold information, store information, process information, and, and create these new industries, the digital industries, and create new um, um, work opportunities and create you know, these amazing things that people, they need to unlearn and relearn and learn again in order for them to participate in, in them. So the, this era and the work of the commission was really to bring that, um, that input, that narration that South Africa participates. Um, in the past three, we've just been, you know, applauding other countries. We've just been, you know, sitting in the bench and, and, and not participating. But now it's time to put our resources together and participate and just make this country to be um, highly economical active. Yeah, it's, a, it's an exciting prospect, but I do wonder about our capabilities as a country and our hunger um, to really get into the STEM uh, careers and, and to really work in that space. But the other question I'll, I would like to ask you is, um, what do you say to people that, uh, to alleviate their fear of artificial intelligence? And... And before you answer that, firstly, if somebody doesn't know what AI is, what is AI? I, I always get this in, in my career. When I started off um, working in the nuclear labs, um, there was this fear of nuclear. So it's quite important that um, people understand, you know, the fundamentals of science. Science is, is, can be complex and very hard to comprehend. But when you start to really understand fundamentals, then you understand um, some concepts um, that they are quite um, very easy. They are really not rocket science. So with artificial intelligence, you are using a, a, a computer, a robot to mimic human behavior. That's all it is. AI cannot function without being programmed. AI cannot function without being given components on how to function. And that functionality role it is done by a human. So that human interface is quite important in artificial intelligence. Um, and you asked about <clears throat> our, you know, our knowledge, um, you know, knowledge base or knowledge um, database, if I can put it in the country, when it comes to artificial intelligence. I believe, you know, as soon as we have a, a country that embraces the STEM, mm -hmm. um, then it's, it's going to be easy for us to embrace technologies. It will not just be a few. Um, so AI, it was one of our recommendations in the commission to say we should have 
AI Institute. And we, we actually actioned on that. And um, we took the recommendation and actioned on it. We did a, a couple of um, awareness sessions. We did a couple of um, a couple of awareness sessions and, 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 and also we had events where we called these big OTT over the top technologies that companies that are operating in the country to say, you need to assist the country in building its AI knowledge base. And it, that will happen in the AI Institute. And, and, and obviously AI needs to be learned in order to be applied. Uh, so with that being said, Dudu, um, AI is, is there to assist, to harness and accelerate a lot of developmental and sustainable issues in the country. And, 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 and I believe it should be used in all industries. I think in the COVID pandemic, um, the groups that were contributing knowledge to the command council used a lot of data, big data, in which big data can really be, you know, synthesized using AI. And, and I must say, a lot of our bank financial sectors are using AI and, and health right now is using AI. So it's, it's a technology that we should embrace. And, and obviously, yes, we have to build our own AI um, algorithms, AI and AI models. We can't just adopt because AI needs a customization in order for it to perform it to its optimal level. That is sometimes a concern of mine, the fact that as Africans, we are not really in the thick of things. I'm also kind of interested in AI in the context, um, I have to think of my PhD topic, <laughs> in terms of how do humans stay competitive in the context of artificial intelligence. But that's another topic for another day. But another one that I want to pick with you, not now, we need to revisit, because Bill Gates also talks about the fear we have of nuclear energy and um, how it could solve a lot of our problems, because we're all thinking that um, alternative energies, whether it's the solar wind or whatever, and looking at what happened in Texas, we may have to relook at uh, some of the the way our weather, our climate is going to be impacting. So, but that's another topic um, for another time. Um, what wisdom have you learned about humanity that has been illuminated with you working in the technology space? What can you tell us about ourselves? Right. So there's, there's one thing that I have learned about the human spirit. We're very resilient. And being resilient, we, we are also coupled with a bit of patience. Um, but, you know, patience comes in at different levels in, in anyone's life. Um, but being resilient, um, I, I, I have also picked up that, you know, it is quite important that we become curious too, because curiosity is either it brings you to, to danger or to safety. So with those things, I really thought that, you know, technology is a tool to us. Technology, it's not something that will rule us. Technology, it's a tool that we can use as humanity to propel further. I got into the sciences because I was inspired by Star Trek. 
Oh my gosh! I mean, if, if we can imagine and be so creative and think about, um, you know, traveling into light years and teleporting and doing all those things, it means what the mind can comprehend, we can create. Yeah. And, and that to me, that curiosity um, that can bring us to safety is, is where I see the role of technology to say, let's use technology as a tool for this. And this is where it brought me into really using sciences, applying sciences to solve our unique challenges. I come from a rural area, so I always believe in the rural areas, um, we should produce scientists because this is where people will actually say that, you know, I'm going to use this um, knowledge to actually solve this area of, of, of water sanitation or water scarcity in my area. So that's my, my, my position on that. Because yeah. water is going to be our next area of fighting as well. The scarcity and the quality thereof. Gosh, we have so many issues as humans that we need to deal with. But what keeps you awake at night? Currently, what keeps me awake? Um, you know, I've always wanted to be part of, of, of politics um whenever I would tell my family about this, they'll say, how, how will a scientist really uh, get along with politicians? Because you know how they are. You know, you just need to be, you need to articulate, you need to be an orator, prom- make promises, not deliver and just disappear. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I think there's such a huge influence in, in politics. And, and now when you come in as a technical person, who have you? I mean, you have a resume long with um, 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 you know areas where you have solved um, issues, areas where you have really proven yourself. You have a good track record when it comes to uh, bringing solutions. And I think now, when one has to flip that script and say, "I'm taking this technical part of myself and maybe learn a bit to be more charismatic," I don't know, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> Uh, and, and just bring it into the politics world. And I think this is where we'll have this 360 degree on how people understand politics. So it, it keeps me awake at night because I'm always thinking, whom can I learn from that has done this? I know a couple of ladies, the former Chancellor of Germany, Angela Merkel, uh, Dr. Pumzile, Mlambonjoga, people um, that have done this. And I'm thinking now in the current context, how do I get in? So that keeps me at night. Yeah. Okay. Well, if the politicians are listening and watching, they must uh, invite you into the fold. What legacy are you striving to leave in the world? So currently I mentor close to uh, 12 ladies, females and males. Um, And my legacy really is that no matter what you have achieved, you really need to be um, a, a person that, you know, you lift others and, and you need to be that person that is known that, you know, if I speak to this person, I, um, I might not get the solution that I want, but, you know, I'll have my mind enlightened. So this, that's my legacy. It's number one, to, to really enlighten people whenever they encounter me. And secondly, 
with the ventures that I'm in to solve solutions that will speak volumes in years to come. So that's my legacy. And, and I really think it's quite complex, but you know, it's, it's happening. Yeah, and you're young enough. You still have so much that you will still achieve. We can chat forever, but in closing, what wisdom uh, can you share? I mean, what would you like us to remember always about you? One thing I can share right now um, is that as, as a person, I think I have managed to, to be in tune with myself. I actualized at um, before I could reach my 30s. So people used to call me that. They used to say I have an old soul, but I self-actualized. I know where I'm wanted and I know where I need to be, where I know that, you know, I'm wanted here. I can contribute and I'll be valued. And another part of me that I've learned is that, you know, as a person, you need to be part of something bigger than you. And I've managed to sort of step into that, into that direction where I contribute to African Union policies regarding gender equality and, and also planning for the future of Africa. We have a youthful population. And, and, you know, in the next 10 years, the whole world will be looking into Africa on how um, they can get a workforce, on how they can get um, new minds, young minds. And we need to safeguard that and we need to look after that asset, which is quite youthful. So I think that's the wisdom from my side is that I have self-actualized and, and, and also I've managed to plug myself into things that are quite bigger than me. And, and, and that's the wisdom I live with. Yeah. And kudos to you. Um, I've always said, you know, when um, it's possible, um, having looked at my own journey, you know, sitting at board level already at 28 and, and people may undermine, but over time, um, they start understanding the value you can add. So I hope you're going to inspire a number of young people and also our peers, my peers anyway, um, who can still see that they can still achieve more and do more. But most of all, part of why I wanted to talk to you is I need science to be part of just how we breathe in this country, in, in, in Africa, uh, we don't see enough African people in this field, and especially women. And um, so I hope you understand why we're having this conversation. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Wisdom Personified Conversations with Dudum Somi. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Wisdom Personified Conversations with Dudum Somi. Please also like, follow and subscribe to our channel and share the wisdom with your friends. I would love it if you could rate and review as well. Wisdom Personified, Conversations with Dudum Somi is also available on YouTube, Facebook Watch, Apple and Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify. Enjoy the wisdom journey.